Listen up. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the podcast participants and not to any participant's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. You know, for fun. So lighten up and enjoy. Stomping Jen. Hello. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm okay. I feel like it's been a while, has it? No, it hasn't. It hasn't? Not really. Oh, okay. Well, nice to see you again, even if it's relatively um, recently that I've seen you since. <laughs> okay. How are you doing this evening? <laughs> uh, it's very bright in here. I know. I was going to address that Okay. later. But um, that's apropos, because we have a guest on mm-hmm. um, whose name is Sharon... Leshner from Sharona Color Art. And um, Sharona's art is very colorful and bright. Mm-hmm. So it's appropriate so that we have a bright studio. Excellent. Are you ready to talk to yes, Sharon? I am very ready. Okay, uh, Sharona. Sharona. Yes. Okay. Um, here we go. You ready? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. Stomping Jen, we are here again to talk about painting in bright colors. It's great because I love bright colors. I know you do. But yet you were complaining about the brightness of our studio. Here's the problem, real quick, before we get to Sharona. We have a new webcam that I'm playing around with, and it needs a lot of light to fully enable something inside of it to show color. So when um, the lights are dim, it looks washed out. So anyways, I brightened up the lights in here. Is it, I, You like it or you don't? <clears throat> so also, I'm having an issue. Yeah. About the way we're sitting tonight. I don't know why. Okay. Well, we'll figure that out later. Let's say hi. Let's say hi <laughs> to Sharona. Um, to do with Sharona. I'm so sorry. Yes. Uh, hi, Sharona. Hi. How are you? Thank you for coming on and speaking with us. It's really nice to see you. Yeah. Nice to see you too. I can totally relate about lights. I'm really sensitive to light. Um, so I get it. Mm. Yeah, we were talking um, before you came on about how I need to find a camera that can operate in near total darkness, because that's my preferred environment, is, <laughs> is near total darkness. Um, Which is kind of a problem when we want to be able to see our guests and yeah. talk to them. Um, So, Sharona, you are here to talk about Sharona Color Art, which is your your company. Um, Is there anything else you want to just tell us by way of introduction about yourself or your company? Yeah, so I'm Sharon, um, Sharona, whatever you want to call me. Um, 
Yeah. So Sharona Color Art is my art art name, art brand. It's the way that I identify myself around all things art. Um, and also there is a new thing in my life, um, which is called the Color Collaborative, which is the collaborative element of my work. Um, and that's a new thing that I'm also excited to talk about. So yeah, I make colorful art. I bring people together around art. I talk with artists about their process and their practice and encourage them. And that's a little bit of what I do. Yeah, thanks for that. And I definitely have a question for you about the um, collaborative um, aspect of your work. Um, yeah. Before we dive into that, I just wanted to find a little bit more about you as an artist. Um, yeah. I just want to say to folks before we get going, I'm going to have links in the show notes to um, Sharona's website, um, Sharona's Instagram. Um, you have a Patreon. I'm going to put all those links in there. And I really want people to go um, pause this podcast, go and look at Sharona's website and um, her art and just get a sense of some of the stuff that's there. Mm. Um, when did you start painting? That's a great question. Also, thanks for um, mentioning all those things. I, 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 To all of you listeners, definitely look at my art right now. <laughs> I think that will give you a lot of context for, for this conversation. So thanks. Um, I started painting, I've been making art since I was a little kid for sure. Um, but what comes to my mind when you say, when did I start painting is that in, um, college I started painting with watercolors and I remember my first night spending the whole night painting, um, and staying up late into the night and, and just, experiencing that for the first time, what it was like to get totally lost in the zone and how good that felt. So that's what comes to mind. Yeah. We talk about the zone a lot with artists mm -hmm. here. Um, was that like the first time you experienced the zone that you can remember that, that night you got lost in painting? Yeah. Maybe that's the first time I experienced the zone, like without any substance. Some zone times before that, but um, yeah, definitely. I I think there's something um when I think about getting lost in the zone and and being in the zone, something that comes to my mind is that I think as a person who wants to operate on a somewhat normal schedule, um, you know, would love to keep normal hours like everybody else. Sometimes I shy away from getting into the zone late at night, but I'm thinking about how you said near total darkness is like your creative space. And I, yeah. I think there's something really special about just totally losing track of time and doing that at night can be really special. As, as you've gone on a little bit longer in your career and life, is it harder for you to get into the zone now? Or is that something That's that is, is you can kind of slip into easily once you start doing the work? Um, so I feel like I have no shortage of creative ideas. Um, I feel like the, the challenge is to give myself the uninterrupted space and time where, because I run a business alongside being an artist to say, okay, all the other stuff is not as important right now as being in the art zone. Um, and 
Yeah. Just even talking about it, I'm like, oh, I want to be in that art zone tomorrow. And I think that's something that I think about a lot is like, how can I give myself the time ahead of time to really get into the zone? Because sometimes otherwise, um, you know, other things feel more important. But if I give myself the time, I have no trouble slipping in. I mean, it's just kind of the, the, the fun thing about having creative ideas, you know. Yeah, the time, setting aside the time, right? Stomping yeah. Jen, mm-hmm. that's the hard thing to do. It is the hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, Sharona, your your company is called Sharona Color Art, and your paintings are incredibly colorful. I think I said that to you when I walked into your studio, when we visited you um, at your studio and, and met you for the first time. Like I, I think I remarked something like, wow, your your paintings are so colorful. Like I just feel happy being in this space. <laughs> like um, like so I just that makes wa- me so happy. <laughs> yeah. Like and that was my my feeling. Like it just made yeah. me feel that way. So I wanted to ask you, like, how do you feel about color? And like what is mm. your what is your relationship to color? Because you call your company Sharona Color Art. So I just Yeah. yeah. I love that question. Thank you for asking. And I I'll, I'll tell you right now that I'm sitting in my bedroom. Um, I'll just show you after this podcast, which I painted all these fantastic colors. So I'm like in my color sanctuary right now. And I feel like that's, um, I love, I think color, how does it make me feel? It makes me feel happy. It makes me feel feelings of love, um, feelings of peace. I think that, I'm especially interested in color on walls and color in spaces that have natural light um, and adding really bright colors that otherwise might um, that otherwise might be scary to use. I think using really bright colors is yeah, it makes me feel like however <laughs> I sound right now, just yeah. really excited and I, I think it's it, especially using bright, really bright colors on really big spaces, it surpasses some kind of fear, I think, Mm -hmm. like, because it's like, oh, you can do that. And that feels really good. And it looks really good. Um, And I think a lot of life living in the way that we do and just the way, you know, buildings are usually not made in bright colors and at least in Massachusetts where we live, you know, in other places some other places are a lot more colorful. Yeah. It, it changes things and adds a mood and an emotion to a space. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite yeah. color? Okay. Right <laughs> now in this very moment, yeah. um, mm, I have, I probably say I, right now I'm feeling pink, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you that's right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right now. Does your favorite, has, does your favorite, color change like does do you go through periods of time where you gravitate towards one color or another I want to say yes but in general I think so the way that I make art is intuitively and I choose colors intuitively um and so I might be able to say right now like yeah I'm into pink but it's because I'm looking at a pink that I like right now and I kind of just like all the colors. 
Yeah. I don't really have a favorite, but I say that. And then when I look at the colors that I use in my paintings, I definitely have colors that I like. And so I, I think in general, I like colors that are, um, I love bright yellows. I love sunshiny yellows and colors that are fluorescent, but I also like deep blues. Um, I mean, truly I like every color. I yeah. think I, I, I'm even learning to work with neutral colors and, and, and learning how those can, can, can complement more bright colors. So cool. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite color? So. Oh, you know, yeah, the answer purple. I, I love purple. It's my absolute favorite color, mm. like a, um, like kind of a dusky kind of deep, not <laughs> dusky, the water. <laughs> yeah. Dusky deep purple. Um, it just makes me feel so like soothed. Uh, we painted our bedroom this color that I love because, like, when I, I walk in there, yeah, I just feel. I once painted my bedroom deep purple too. Yeah, I just feel enveloped in like yeah. all of the things that like mm. a bedroom should bring you, like comfort, love, like rest, like mm. peace. Like that's what it mm. feels like to me. That color. Mm. What about you? Uh, what's my favorite color? Yeah, Stomping Jen. I like to say Kelly Green, but I like I like like you were talking about pink, and I'm looking at like my the stuff that we have in this room. I really like fuchsia. Yeah, like really hot pink fuchsia. Ooh. But I like colors together, like color combinations yeah. a lot. Mm. Mm -hmm. like I really like hologram. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not a color. That's like all the colors. <laughs> yeah, that counts. That counts. Mm. Yeah. Um, Sharona, so when you when you set out to think about doing a painting, um, what is what's your process? I'm just really curious for doing a painting. <sighs> That's a great question. So I guess my first answer is it depends on what materials I'm using, but in general, um, I'm really loose at first. And I just, I, when you asked about getting in the zone, the way that I get in the zone is to play. So I, I'm not a person if, I, unless I'm working on a mural project, that's a commission um, where I'm designing it. And that's, a, that's sort of a different process, but most of the time when I'm painting, I just play at first and I do things that help me loosen up. Um, and if I'm working on a big surface, I'll get really crazy with it. Like I just recently put some paint in a squirt bottle and just like fucking <laughs> squirted the paint everywhere, you know, yeah. like, and, um, I like to spill paint. I like to be really messy. Um, yeah, I, I love watercolors because it lends itself to such natural flow. And that's where I start because that gets me away from the blank canvas. And then I have something that then I can go and, and do another layer on. So usually I work on multiple things at once. Uh, I have multiple canvases out. I've been working on big circles recently on birch, um, on a birch wood panels. Hmm. And I love those. They, they're really nice to paint on. So I have right now like two of those hung up and then I have another few pieces and so I'll do a first layer on everything and then usually walk away. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's how I start. Yeah, that's so interesting yeah. to me. Like painting is interesting to me as a medium because like it can be like so 
hyper controlled, like, mm. you know, like incredibly detailed and almost like photorealistic. And then you have like those other types of paintings that <laughs> those other types. Well, no, of I don't. Paintings. I don't mean that. I don't mean that in a derogatory kind There's of way. There's so many different genres. I just mean other styles. types of painting where you can like spray paint or like swing paint or you know be slightly less like technical with what you're depicting, like the impressionists. Mm. Like there's such a range of like ways to paint. It's fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. I I think when I, when I hear you say like about being really technical, it's interesting for me because like that element of things of being really precise is totally a part of my process also. Like hmm. I start really really loose and that feels really good. Um but I, I never really end a painting at that stage. Even if other people will say, I have some huge painting on my wall right now that's just a first layer. And people are like, well, I like that. I'm like, okay, it's cool that you like it. But for me, it's not finished because there's going to be a second and a third. And, you know, how many layers just depends on when it's finished. But at the, at the finishing stage, I love being detail-oriented and precise. And that's when I start to play with composition and, and, and do that kind of more analytical mind, you know, painting, um, uh, precision, which is, which is also, um, the first part's more cathartic and the other part is more like gratifying if you, if you know what I mean yeah. in that way. Yeah. Yeah. When you finish with a painting, um, and I'm doing air quotes for people yeah. who can't see this, like, do you leave it open that you could go back to it or when you're, done with a painting do you close the book on it and say i'm done with this one it's mm. a good question probably the latter i th i think a lot about finishing paintings as being really important uh to my process and and i i feel like it's important probably to most artists process to to get work to some finishing stage and and that's in so many ways, the tricky part, and I'm sure that you can probably both relate as, you know, people who make creative things, um, to being like, you know, it's, I learned something recently, it's GE, which is good enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so sometimes I come to a place where I, I do put a close on a painting. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's good enough. You know, I'm, I'm finishing all these pieces. I'm going to put them on my website or whatever. I'm going to have a show. It's good enough. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there's some something good about being able to say this painting's finished, even if I don't think it's the best painting I've ever done um, or if I'm really happy with it. Either way, yeah. I love to come to a finishing place. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. What about you, Stomp and Jen? I like you do, to come you to do, a finishing place. You do like you do this art, this uh -huh. collage art. Yeah. Do you ever think about going back to a no. piece? No. When it's done, it's done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like and then, like, it, you just like know when it's done too. That's yeah. the other thing. It's like yeah. you can play with it, and then you're just like, all right, it's done. You just feel it. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I mean, I think like you know, as as an artist or you know, artists themselves, like they have an aesthetic, right? Like we talked about this a couple times, but. It's like when you feel like it's yours, right? Like you've, I mean, especially in collage art, which is so like stealing everybody else's stuff, you know? So then when it feels like this is me, like hmm. it's done. That's I've made it into something that I can be like, mm -hmm. this is mine. Yeah. The other creative mm -hmm. 
stuff I do uh, sometimes, which is like writing. Like I cannot like reopen a piece of writing without tinkering with it. <laughs> like it's never done for me. Like mm. I don't know what that is. Like oh, I'll move this word to that line, or you know, like I need to change mm. that word. I can never walk away from a piece of writing. I don't know what to tell you. I know. I need to talk to my therapist about that. Um, <laughs> Sharon, I want to talk to you more about painting. Um, you mentioned watercolors, um, yeah. which which I understand, which I understand are maybe the most technically difficult kinds of paints to work with. Do you work with other kinds of paints? Yeah, it's funny that you say that because everybody says that to me, but I think watercolors are the easiest. Um, and I think people have different thoughts about that. Um, but I, yeah, I work with watercolor, but I also work with all different kinds of media, all different kinds of paint. And a lot of times I make them into watercolors, you know, like mm. use acrylics and add water and then they're watery. And um, I'm really into fluid acrylics recently, which are like these highly pigmented um a highly pigmented acrylic paint and i actually learned about those from kim carlino who i know you also interviewed yeah um and she taught me about fluid acrylics and those are really fun because they're like can really travel in water and that's wonderful and i also work in collage and i draw and you know if you give me some textiles i'll make something <laughs> uh yeah. Do you ever, yeah. have you ever incorporated like textile elements into a painting? That's a good question. I got really into weaving at a certain point. Mm. I would say that I don't want, never say never, you know, yeah. I don't know where my art's going to go, but I feel some kind of separation between textiles and painting because for me, textiles are, I like to keep them for pleasure. And not that painting isn't pleasure for me, but and it is, but I like being really loose with textiles and making pom-poms and crappy weavings and things that I can just do at home and feel how good it feels in my hands and yeah. not think about it in the way that I do a painting where I'm like, I want that. I, I feel like I'm growing my painting skills and practice and, you know, like evolving my painting work and I don't feel like I really even want to do that with textiles I kind of want textiles to always live in the world of total craziness and play yeah that's <laughs> yeah. awesome um what aside from I'm just wondering if there's anything that drew you in particular to wanting to like keep working with color like what drove you to focus so much on um color i don't know it's not it's kind of a dumb question i guess like there's so many other other ways i guess maybe to branch out or explore like as an artist and a creative person um so i think what you're trying what to am I say, trying to say is that your aesthetic is not dark and gloomy it's full of color right is that what you're trying to say yeah i guess what keeps you committed to working um color as a form of expression is there, um, this may be the dumbest a, question. It, it's okay. You guys think it's a dumb question, but <laughs> I'm like, we could talk about color this yeah. whole time and I would be very happy. Um, so thanks for asking. Um, it, I just have to say, it's really nice to be asked so much about my art. I think because I do community work, um, that often takes up a lot of the conversation, which is cool. You know, I love working with people. 
it's really important to me, but it's really nice to be asked about my work. So thanks. Um, so color, what, I, I think what I heard from the various hoblog of questions that was just <laughs> asked is like, what yeah. keeps you working like yes. in color, in yeah. these positive things? And, and I think I, I love to go into that territory. Like, I, I think what other, like, yes, Sharona color is sort of, is, is, is the overarching sort of name and theme, right? Color. But I think color is what other people sort of get from my work and what they see in my work and what brings everything together. But I think what keeps me working and like furthers me is the spiritual, intuitive connectedness to something greater, to the flow of ideas, to a connection to this intuition. I think that's what keeps me going. And, and that's related to color because I pick my colors. That's what I do when I'm painting is like, okay, okay, some left to the left, some yellow, and then some orange. I mean, that sounds really silly, but that's what I'm doing in my head. I'm like, yeah. and then some blue and then some dark blue. You know? mm -hmm. like, and that's where I am for however long period of time I'm painting. But it's, it's not even the color that's so exciting to me. It, it is exciting to me, but it's the feeling that I get of, of that process where I'm just in tune with the balance of colors. And the more I do it, the better I get at it. Like something that's really, really cool. I, when I was first working on my biggest painting that I, I had made to that point, it was like maybe six by eight feet or something like oh that. Oh my God, that's huge. It was huge. Yeah. And it was like my first big art show in, um, I don't know what year it was, but like maybe 2018 or something like that. And yeah, I, I made this huge painting. I was working on it in my house at the time. And I was working on it late at night, trying to get it ready for the show. And I would go to bed and I'd get all these crazy color visuals. And so anytime if I make art before bed, I see wonderful patterns and color combinations in my head. That's so, amazing. That's part of the process. Yeah, that happens. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah, it happens to me when I play video games sometimes, like certain mm. types of video games. Like when I go to lay down to go to sleep, um, I will see the the visual elements from the game, like patterning in my head. I don't know how to explain this. We also have this argument yeah. here about whether or not I have a mind's eye. Sometimes I don't think I do. Um, there's a condition. Um, I have trouble. Like, I can't close my eyes and, like, picture something, right? But you can. But I can draw stuff, right? And, but, like, when I take um, edibles, for example, when I lay down to go to sleep, I see the most amazing color shows and geometric shapes and patterns. Yeah. And it's like some... Sounds like you have a mind's eye. It's like that mind's eye switch, though, is off, like, most of the day. It's the weirdest yeah. thing. And it doesn't take much. It's like two, two or five milligrams of an edible will turn that on for me. And I can just yeah. see all sorts... your imagination, I think. Right? Yeah. It's it's within all of us. Yeah, probably because during the day you're like in meetings and doing work and like talking and being responsible human and is working killing my mind's eye or shutting well, it? Okay, let me just let's put this conversation into perspective. Yes. When I'm working in spreadsheets, I'm not like thinking about like you know the beach landscape or anything like mm. that. I'm like thinking about what the thing I'm doing. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And then when you're relaxing and like you're going to bed or whatever. Right. Like your your mind is like you're processing all the things that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I think it's processing, right? Hmm. I need to find a way to shut off my processing during the day because I'd love to be able to close my eyes and like picture something like a beach. <laughs> Sorry, Sharona. Sharona, right. um, I, I wanted to ask you, um, again, I, I love like all of this color you work with and your paintings are amazing. And again, people, go check them out, really. You need to see these things. Um, but I did want to ask you, like, have you ever dabbled or dipped your brush into the darker side of painting whether it like darker themes or that's such a good question darker um colors i know you said you're experimenting more with neutrals but so i have i have totally direct answer to that which is that i i journal a lot i have a practice in journaling and trying to you know be journaling consistently and like my journal, like anybody else's journal, I write a lot of dark shit in my journal. I mean, like every day, yeah. you know, like I, <laughs> that's how I process. Like I'm like anybody else. I have the full range of emotions. And so something there, there's like a particular work that I'm thinking of, but something that has been coming up for me recently and has happened. And I think will continue to happen more is this pairing of words that talk about really real shit mm-hmm. with really bright color. That feels to me interesting and like worth exploring is putting something like I, I, I have this work that has this, you know, I, you, a lot of times I'll go through my journals when I'm working and like pick out phrases mm. that were from my stream of consciousness in that moment. So I don't like write the thing when I'm making the work, I pull from something else. And so there was this something that I wrote that said, like, can I hold sadness and gratitude at the same time. Um, and I, I think there's something about the contrast between taking something. I even, I even wrote, did a piece of art yesterday. Um, that was like pop art, basically it's like super bright colors and bold shapes. And it was like Virginia Wolf. I it was just like what I was talking about with somebody. And my friend was like, Oh, I love this because Virginia Wolf is usually like thought of as this like darker right. character. And to contrast that with something that's really bold and bright is interesting. So I'm not, I'm not drawn to, to like, I think what would typically be like darker artwork for making myself yeah. doesn't mean like I, I, I often like am drawn to other artists who do that and to taking in artwork like that, but I'm not drawn to make it. I mean, I'm just not, you know, yeah. but mm-hmm. I, I like to, to put little hints of like also sadness exists, like mm. really deep sadness. Yeah. You know, what and, if we cover it in light? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And sad and sadness is one of those emotions too that's particularly like associated with color, right? Like I'm feeling blue, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like people don't usually say, like, you know, I'm feeling red, you know, because I'm angry, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh, I'm feeling blue or, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like You're giving me ideas. I feel like. <laughs> Yeah. Do any other do any other emotions have colors? Yeah. Didn't you see uh what's that inside out movie? Inside oh out. yeah, I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> did I just steal that whole yes. thing from that movie? All right. <laughs> um Sharona, you also you also paint murals. Um yes. which um to me 
are absolutely amazing. We had um, Britt Rue from Commonwealth Murals on here many moons yeah. ago and talked to us about her process um, about um, painting murals. So just I wanted to ask you um, your thoughts about mural painting and maybe mm-hmm. maybe how it's different from smaller paintings for you. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Sure. You guys are asking really good questions. Thank um, you. Murals are where my heart is. That's the idea, you know, since we were just talking about this idea of putting very personal thoughts on paper and in um, the world, I think I even think of this as the next stage for me. Like I'm fascinated by the idea of putting thoughts that we all think out into the most public of spaces, the most public, you know, a public wall on the outside of a building means literally anybody could see it. And I think, um, first of all, the process of painting a mural is really fun and hard and challenging in a really nice way. Um, and community oriented in a way that feels very inclusive and um yeah i think painting murals is it's just where my heart is it's where my heart is i i love seeing murals too i'm so amazed that people are able to create you know intensely huge murals and a lot of times the subject matter is you know, a lot of murals are like depicting historical figures and that's really great and really straightforward and, and figurative. And I think there's a lot of like lean toward figurative murals being sort of considered the most inclusive because they depict the people in the community. But I'm also interested in like, what about if you just paint a wall with like wonderful colors? Mm -hmm. Like, what does that do to a space? You know, what does that bring in, even though it might not be so straightforward as like, the history of that community or the people in that community that has a place too. But that's what I think about as an abstract artist, like where is my place in the mural world? That makes sense. Have you yeah. done large scale murals? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have. I, I, I lived in Philadelphia for, for a bunch of years and that's where I got trained and how to do murals because that's a big mural city. Do you guys know about Philadelphia's mural situation? Oh, at all? Britt told us about it. Oh, that's did she? Where she got all of her. Oh, was that Philadelphia? Training. Yeah. 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 So I should know about it. Stomping Jen does know about Philadelphia oh. in the well, mural situation. Well, yeah. just I, I'm pretty sure that's where she first saw them. Or was that yeah. like in Europe or whatever? But Britt doesn't make murals. She's yeah, she's the like conductor she's of them. She's the like curator. Of so the what? Mural what is going process. on in Philly? Yeah, what's with a, these murals? Tell us about let me tell you about Philly. Okay, it feels like home, so I'm very happy to talk about it. Um, so Philadelphia has a a government entity nonprofit called Mural Arts that's been around for I don't know, probably 20 years or something at this point, and they've grown and grown and grown, and they hire a lot of artists and they do a lot of work. Um, so murals go up in Philadelphia. I don't know how many, but there's probably many thousands of murals now. And because that organization is so, so strong in so many ways, like any other organization, it's so flawed and there's lots of politics and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, they're putting up incredible, incredible high quality murals 
you know, people are working muralists. There are a lot of muralists who work year round in Philadelphia, which is which is really unique. Um, and the thing that Philadelphia brought to the world muralist community is that they invented this way of making murals on this material called parachute cloth. Um, have you heard of that at all? Yeah, yeah, we did. Did uh, Britt talk about yep, that? Yep, yep, mm-hmm. I she thought did. so, yeah, yep. because Britt brought that to Springfield, which is yep. really cool. Um, so uh, I just ordered my first roll of parachute cloth because I'm ready to just put murals up everywhere. And the, the interesting thing about that, without getting too much into it, is that it allows us muralists to work year round if we don't work in places that are warm, because really, because really it's a seasonal thing, because even if you work on that material, you can only install above like 50 degrees, yep. more or less, maybe a little bit lower, but um, yeah, that's Philadelphia brought a lot to, to muralism, but that material, people are being trained on it and, and use it now all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, literally. I, so yeah, I was cool. I was fascinated to learn that, um, and you mentioned it here. Like you have to be trained to do these things. Like you just don't go, you don't grab your buckets of paint and go out and do a mural. Like there's a lot involved in it. It's not um, mm-hmm. it, there. There are techniques you have to learn. There are certain um, business and political things you have to know how to navigate to be able to do these types of pieces of art. Yeah. It's fascinating. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Um, That's awesome. Um, How much does a, how much does parachute? Like, is this the stuff people actually parachute with? And is it like super expensive? (laughs) (laughs) Like I would. (laughs) That's a good question. Um, It's all relative. So no, it's not for parachutes. It's actually like originally, I think a jacket liner like material. That's what somebody told me. Um, it's like a non-woven, it's basically like canvas, but it's okay. kind of paper-like and it's very durable. Okay. Um, and if you have a project, then your project pays for your materials, you okay. know? So, yep. <laughs> um, but if you're an artist like me and you just want to have your hands on this material and just use it and, you know, get jobs and I wanted to have it, it was like, I don't know, maybe like, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but maybe like, 279 a yard or something okay. like that two dollars and 79 cents i made that up but i think that's actually what it was okay. um and i got 250 yards so maybe wow. it was like one dollar and 50 cents a year i don't know i don't know <laughs> but does, it ends up being you know it's in a definitely an investment but if you think about how much canvas costs it's like you know yeah whatever they say one to half and cents of the other <laughs> you know you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying yep yep yeah. um there's something else I stumbled across on your website that absolutely fascinated me, and I have to ask you about it. It's this um, this process, um, and it's like a service you offer to people called Photo Revival, where, Ooh. do you want to tell us about that? Um, and then I yeah, want to tell to. people to go and look at the example you have on on your website. So, yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, that's a really special thing. So... I take old black and white photos. Um, I I think it's a special, the, the times that I've done it, it's been photos that the person in the photos no longer alive or that moment has come and gone. And we don't really have all the answers to what was happening in that photo, but it's somebody really special and significant, um, which is the case with loved ones of ours who have come and passed. And um, 
And I reimagined that photo. So for example, I did one um, of this person's grandfather and this person, his grandfather is no longer alive. And it was a picture of him, um, like a wartime photo. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of historical significance. And what was so beautiful about it for me is that I talked to him about his life and like, well, why do you want to revive this photo? What does this mean to you? And he was telling me about his, mm-hmm. his history and, um, yeah, like how his family has been from so many different places in the world and just telling me a story. And then from there is when I add in color. And I think that why I'm so interested in it is that like color does have emotion. It does hold memory. It can bring up um, a feeling uh, to, to something that that otherwise, you know, is black and white. So I, yeah. I am able to have to recreate a, a sort of an abstracted version of that image where, you know, the person I love doing figures and I love doing faces. So I focus on the face or that person's, you know, I show that person usually in pen and ink or some way that that gets their essence. But it's not like photorealistic because I'm trying to move away from that and to yeah. get more into the feeling. And then I bring in the abstract elements. And so another example is somebody who another photo of a um, grandparents actually who had also passed. And so, but they had been to the beach where the photo was on. So I mixed pictures of this beach that I actually ended up going to, which was really cool. Um, Photos of this beach with this old photo. And um, it's fun for me to, to abstract moments that no longer exist because there's less pressure. I think like if I was to take somebody's current family photo and abstract it, those people might be like, Oh, well, I don't really look like that. Do I (laughs) like something like that? And I think to be able to just communicate a feeling more than what something then try to just depict a photo as it, as it is, is a really fun challenge and really meaningful to that person. Yeah. That, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, Stomping Jen, I wish I had my iPad died, so I was going to show it to Stomping Jen. But I mean, the, the, the sample you have up on your website, I saw one. Um, it's, it's just, it kind of took my breath away a little bit because I looked at the original oh, okay. picture and then what you did to it. And I was like, whoa, like there was something that impacted me about it emotionally, mm. just looking at it. And I I didn't know these people. I'd never seen that picture before, but still like Mm. I reacted to it. So like Mm. I would definitely encourage people to go look at that because it, I don't know, it seemed like a very special thing um, that you're doing. Um, um, I also wanted to ask you um, what role like computers and technology play in your art creation, like your paintings or other stuff you do. Do you use computers? Like, That's a good question. Can I ask like what, what brought that question to your mind? Um, I think I'm always interested in the way any form of art that's been with us a long time is mm. kind of adapting to the times, right? Mm. Like, I don't know why, but I was absolutely... Um, stunned to learn that like the masters of painting used like reverse projection techniques 
um, to like huh. trace like traced figures and like draw on paintings like that. When I learned that, I felt like it's all a lie. Like you know, like because I don't. I'm not an art historian. I have no concept of how, what process. I didn't know it, that either. Yeah, yeah, I told you that. Um, I've seen it in documentaries oh, okay. and. About about paintings, no, like some of them did. <laughs> Michelangelo traced. <laughs> no, they used like they used mirrors and like light mm-hmm. and to project images onto canvases, and they would draw things like like that's how they did a lot of stuff. Anyways, I, especially figures, like really complex figures. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyways, I felt when I learned that um, I was fascinated. Like so, mm-hmm. I. So I, I've asked a few artists that question who come on and talk to us. Cause I'm really curious how they might be using contemporary technology yeah. in their art forms. Cool. Yeah. So I have a few answers to that question. One is that computers are the most helpful for mural painting. They're necessary in so many ways. Um, projection is a thing that I that I've done that I, that I in many ways um, rely on. And it's so helpful to be able to take a small image. So I think one, a really good thing about, well, I'm going to just back up for a second. One thing I'll say is that I, I like so many other people have had struggles with adapting to technology and have tried a lot of things that don't feel right. But what I've come to is I have my iPad and I have procreate. And so I can do something really free on paper with the materials that I, I I feel free with my hand on paper and then I can upload it to procreate and then I can play with it. And I'm still learning to play and use the brushes on procreate and make things look the way, you know, I want them to look. I think that's definitely a learning curve um, as it always is, but the technology, like I said, especially for murals is just incredible. And being able to grid out an image and then project each piece of the grid onto a piece of this parachute cloth is like, it's incredible. It saves you so much time. I mean, I can't, I can hardly imagine doing it without the computer. Um, And in other ways, there are things that would progress my art a lot that I'm, I shy away from and that I want to be closer to like making patterns and doing more like surface design kind of stuff. And I'm slower to do that because I enjoy it less, but I know it's not that hard. It's just like getting to the point where, yeah, I can do it. I guess the the one other thing I'll say is that I'm, I'm on Instagram all the time. Like Mm -hmm. when I say that I'm, Oh yeah. Like, Ooh, computers. Like I'm on the computer all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like you guys are like, I'm yeah. sending emails and writing posts and doing stuff. But I think, um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't feel as comfortable creating digitally mm-hmm. unless it's like a whole nother thing. And I'm making a really fucking weird Photoshop collage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something That's to, fun. Yeah, I love Photoshop. Yeah. It's so yeah. great. Um, yeah. Although it's gotten me in trouble over the years, many, many times, photoshopping. Um, no, thank, thanks, th- <laughs> thanks for talking to us about that. Um, I think that's so fascinating. And you know, if it was good enough for um, Da Vinci and those characters, we can we can use these techniques, right, Stomping Jen? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Sharona, so here's something else you help people with. And I want to, I want to ask you about this is this idea of creative block. Now we're all artists here. Um, and except for me, um, you all are human and sometimes you stumble into creative blocks. Oh, you um, never have a creative block. Huh? No, of course I do. I can barely function half the time. <laughs> um, what is a creative block and why do people need help? This is a really good question. I think it's really interesting um, to talk about. So creative block, um, a creative block is basically when you don't make art for X, Y, Z reason um, when you could be. I mean, that's a really simple description, but the reason that I like sort of say it that way is because I think creative blocks are really, really sneaky. And it's really easy to be like, I'm not blocked. I just need to do my laundry. I'm a human, you know, like I'm not blocked. I just like, I just moved into a new place and I don't have any place to make art. And what I realize is that, and I've read a lot about this also. And I think it, it, I have some books on it and I think it shows up in different ways for different people. Like sometimes it's, it's really obvious. And I think different people are different. Like sometimes I know there's writer's block where it's like, I sit down, but you know, the ideas aren't there, but I think most of the time creative blocks show up in, in just much more everyday type of ways where you're like, I just have so many other things going on. How could I possibly make space to express myself creatively? How could I carve out room if I have kids or whatever, you know, these all, all these other reasons that we have that are also important, um, and, and I think when you ask like why people need help with it, it's because like, I truly believe, and I don't think anybody could convince me differently that everybody has creativity within them. You know, all kids are creative. So, so we had that yeah. even if we don't exercise it. And I think it's important to think about being blocked because it makes way for us to actually make our hurt. And Yeah. That's a long story short. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever experienced creative block? Well, I go for you? months and months and like years not doing anything creative. Huh. So, yes. Yeah. Hmm. How does it manifest for you? How does it feel? Uh, it just like it falls to the bottom. Yeah. It just falls to the bottom, and then I don't have the mental energy at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So, like, it, you know, and then, I don't know. It, it's like a matter of, like, wanting to have that outlet, too, mm -hmm. for me. I, I mean, I'm just talking about me, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, just you. Yeah, like, at the beginning of the pandemic, like, I was like, you know, everybody was like in this weird space and like I was like going to do this pandemic journal and I started doing some, uh, you know, collaging in a book and, you know, I was really into it for, I don't know. And then like everything, it sort of fell to the bottom and then I didn't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. Very, very long time. Yeah. Are there warning signs that you're about to get blocked? Like are there that artists experience? Mm. Do you know? Um, it's a good question. I think, I think it's sneaky. I think there's something really sneaky about it. And I think that if you're attuned 
to it in a way like you might recognize it but a lot of times I think it's like you don't realize until you're like okay but it has been three weeks okay it has been two months you know since I've really gotten in that flow and then it's like okay well where am I at now and then you're not thinking about when did this start how did I get blocked I I think it's just you know, not to get into capitalism, but you know, like we're all just trying to do our best here and creativity without any purpose to make money is like not always condoned for adults, Mm. for kids. Yes. But for adults, there's like, you know, I know I have people in my life who, you know, aren't, don't define themselves as artists. Most people in my life or, you know, have, full-time work and full-time life responsibilities that are not related to art. And so there, there's nobody telling them in their life, like, Hey, set aside a little time for journaling. It's actually really important. Um, and I, and I guess one other answer to like, what are the warning signs? Like, I think mental health, like, I think creation is really like, it's just release. It's like, what's on my brain, what's on my mind. And I think for me, I'm like, Oh, I'm starting to get a little stopped up, you know, like energetically, mentally, et cetera. And then it's like, okay, well, where am I creatively? When's the last time I actually let myself experiment and make mistakes and play without thinking about the end result? Yeah. We were just talking to somebody about like integrative health approaches, like take, you know, Mm -hmm. taking care of the body, taking care of diet taking care of you know fitness and um you know i i'm with you on this idea that we're all creative in some way and i think we need Mm -hmm. i believe we need to be creative right and i think um i think that i don't know maybe i'm wrong about this but that's like a muscle you have to you know exercise yeah you totally have to exercise it and you know like a practice right and practice you know how like when you work out and you yeah. stop yeah. and then you practice. and then you feel like oh I'll never be able to why should I even bother go running again? I'll never be I'm able to like do it. I'm on like a one week cycle of that. <laughs> like I'm good for two days. Yeah. Like, never again. I can't do it. Yeah, but I'm wondering if creative expression no, like, it totally is, is the same in like, a way. Like we just talked to uh, an author and I was fascinated by his process where every morning he wakes up and he writes like 500 words and it's like what you every day it's like that you know you have to get into the habit it's a practice you know like so you know like when sorry just not to make it about me but like you know when I don't collage because I don't have that space carved out in my schedule Mm -hmm. to do it yeah get out those knives and start carving baby carve it out Um, so Sharona, this is something you can work with people on, right? If they're professional artists, people who are um, amateurs like myself, <laughs> stomping yeah. Jen. I'm an amateur artist. You're not an amateur. Um, so, okay. So, <laughs> and people, if listen, this is no joke. Are you blocked? Huh? Sometimes it's more like I, I get anxiety sometimes around, um, my creative mm-hmm. expression, like this, like this, right? Like sitting down and talking to somebody I've never met before and trying to have a meaningful conversation. There's yeah. an element of creativity to it. 
Mm. And sometimes like my anxiety will like get a hold of me and um, I'll be like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't do it. Or I'll be worried about asking a a certain question or something. And that can get in the way of the expression, you know, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. No, I don't feel blocked right now, but I go through, sometimes I feel like I'm not my best self because of like anxiety or or Mm -hmm. something like that. But yeah. Yeah. I think it's different for everybody yeah. and even different for me at different points, like what's coming up. Sometimes it's really circumstantial because of just things happening in my life. And sometimes it's more like I'm having cyclical thoughts that are preventing me from getting to the page and making And, and I mean, realistically, like those things are always in the picture, you know, because life isn't just making art for me or most people. Um, if really like anyone you know, who's making art, like literally all the time. Um, most people do other things too. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I help people with that. And, um, it's, I'm very passionate about it. I'm very, very passionate about it because, um, like you said, I guess what what I'm thinking is like, there are people who are artists and I definitely serve artists and, and I, I work with artists who are, and that maybe that goes into more of like the career building and like, how do you create a practice of your art and then progress and show your art and all those kind of things. But I'm interested also in working with people who have full-time jobs doing something, whatever it is, and are like really into comedy or like really into writing or, whatever it is, or they just have this urge and it's really strong. And they're like, I just need an accountability person to talk to about how I'm feeling and what's coming up on a consistent basis. Like, and for me, it's really generative because I, I get to talk to somebody about their process, which I just, like you are with this podcast, you're interested in talking to people and hearing their story. I sit on the other side of the chair or whatever. And and I just want to hear about people's yeah. creativity like Jen when you're talking about yours I'm like oh, tell me more <laughs> can we make it well let's make it about you you know like I want to know want to know what's going on yeah that's beautiful that's yeah. good work thank you for doing it um yeah. so another another um thing you do um through uh Sharona Color Art you offer lots of workshops and um yeah. can you talk talk to us a little bit about the workshops that you offer sure Um, I teach lots of things. I teach after school. (laughs) I teach kids. Kids are super fun. Mm -hmm. I actually started partnering with Resilient Community Arts, which Mm -hmm. is also in Eastworks. Maddie McDougal, she's amazing, um, on after school. So that's really fun. Um, and she has a really awesome kid centric, um, really centered around what kids interests are approach to teaching. So that's really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and for adult workshops, I'm going to be totally honest. Like I just teach what I like. I don't really teach things that I'm not interested in. And that's like, that's just kind of what I decided I was going to do. I was like, if there are things that aren't really things that I'm interested in teaching, I'm just going to bring in other people to teach those things. Um, which is great to be able to offer space, um, for, for teachers to teach, but I teach collage. I teach experimental watercolor and collage. Mm. I have a class coming up in that. Um, I, I was thinking I do an unwind your mind paint night every month. And 
I was trying to figure out what I was going to teach this month. And I was thinking, oh, I should do something seasonal about love. And I just wasn't feeling inspired. And then I just decided to make it called the glitter art party. Because I was like, that sounds fun. (laughs) Like, let's just paint with glitter. Um, I don't know. I think like when I teach, regardless of the topic, it's there's a lot of similarity, which is just like come to the space and get in the zone. By taking a workshop, you're giving yourself permission to make space to be creative. And when you're here, you can be free. You can do it. I'm going to provide you materials. I'm going to give you a basic structure of what to do. So maybe we'll be doing watercolors or maybe we'll be making some things sculptural or, you know, whatever the class title is, we'll give you some idea of what we're doing. And I usually, you know, I do a basic, here's what we're going to do. But besides that, my teaching style is very much so like I'm creating space for you to be in creative process and to devote time to art. Whether or not you have any experience doing it, we can all get there. So here's your time to do that. Yeah. I I think there's something really special about making art together in a room Mm. Mm. with other people. Like there's something about like doing it on your own too, but like when you're with a bunch of other people and everybody's working on something, no matter what, even if you're doing the same type of project or if you're doing different stuff. Have you done a lot of that? Yeah, I used to a couple years back. Mm. Used to like once a week. Uh, out here in Palmer, there was a group of um, women. So <laughs> speaking about like time in your life to do creative stuff, right? Like when you were talking about capitalism. So a lot of artists uh, that I uh, that I know of, like in the area where we are on the side of the river, um, are retirees, you know, because they have the time and the mental space to like devote to an art practice. You know, as opposed to when they were working. So I'm just self-employed. So every Wednesday morning we had we had like this art. I forget what we called it. The bo- like Bohemian Soup or something. Oh, that's cute. And we would go like once a week, and we just yeah. do art in a big room together, and it was super fun. Yep. And Sharona, you um, through Sharona Color Art, you provide that kind of co-working spaces too, right? That's something else yeah. that you're focused on as well. Yeah, every Sunday, this started in January. Um, it's funny, as I hear you name all the different things I I offer, I'm like, I do offer a lot of things. <laughs> like, it, there's so many different things. Um, but yeah, I, my, my space is open every Sunday from 1 to 5 p.m. Um, it's a program, so it's like a monthly membership. And um, we have a, we have, right now it's four of us and, it's definitely growing, which is cool. Um, but basically folks can get a membership, um, to the space and then you can come any Sunday. My space is always open on Sundays, except for holidays, like, and, and folks can come by and bring their own project and we work with each other. And once every six weeks, we do a sort of in-depth art share and we talk about our process And we get to know each other and we get to talk about our creative blocks and we get to talk about what's working for us and what we want to learn. And I give everybody questions to, to think about ahead of time. And then we come and we just get to know each other and each other's art, um, which is, it's just a really good space. Um, 
especially I, I think like my purpose in creating this space is because I wanted it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need this community, especially with the pandemic, you know, like a, a somewhat small group to share with on a regular basis. And I think w- the reason that I wanted to make something that like uh, classes are awesome, but this is a space where I'm not a facilitator. I'm a, I'm a space holder. I'm there, you know, I can tell people about the space, but the idea is that you don't need to tell me if you're coming, it's up to you, but there's some accountability to having to knowing that we're we're all showing back up in that space on Sundays and that we're coming back to our art practice and we chat, you know, and we we work on a collaborative project. We're all working on a collaborative mural right now, which is really fun mm. um, on this cloth. So we have a collaborative project that you can work on if you want to take some space from your own art. But we're forming community um, mm-hmm. and all are welcome if you're listening to this podcast and you're an artist who if you're an artist who feels like, you know, you want to have a little um, space from your home space and you want to make art in a bigger space, I have a very large space with big walls and big easel and um, yeah, you want to expand your practice. This is a place to do it. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. Community yeah. stomping. Jenny. Oh, it's great. I love it. Yeah. I wish we lived closer. If I, I learned take advantage of if I have learned anything yes. in doing this, it's the importance of community. Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, Sharon, I wanted to ask you about your um Patreon. If you want anything you wanted to tell us about that or Oh yeah, sure. So Patreon, I do a really cool thing with my Patreon, which is that it, it it's like a little bank account to Sharona Color Art. <laughs> and so it's not a Patreon like a lot of other Patreons where you're going to get exclusive content from me. It's basically if you're a person that like wants to buy my art, but you might not be able to afford it right now, or maybe you can, but you're just not, you don't know what you want, or you just want to contribute and help give me some consistent income. Um, There's different tiers. It starts at $10 and you can go up from there a month and you um, you're basically putting in money toward purchasing one of my pieces. So if you give $10 every month for eight months, then you have $80 to spend on artwork. And then you can let me know, Hey, I'm ready to, to cash in. And another thing I do is hmm. I do big art releases every once in a while. Um, and I plan those ahead of time and I know when they're happening. And so my Patreon supporters get first dibs on the art. So I email my Patreon supporters before I do an art release. And I say, hey, I'm releasing these tomorrow. You have 24 hours. Here's how much you have in your bank account. Here's a discount code for that amount of money. Get whatever you want. Um, so it's like a special sort of it's like club. a lay, like a layaway sort of I don't know if that's exactly. the right thing but that's a really creative idea. That's cool. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. 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 Cool. cool. Um You're, all right, as we wind into our last Wait, two, there was something what? you wanted to talk to us about, Sharona, the the collaborative color Color collaborative. That's just the name for my space. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's uh, it's the name for all collaborative projects right. in my space. So there's like Sharona Color Art, and then I I think for me the idea of having like a another business that's not Sharona Color Art is so that my art um, can be its whole own thing. It, it gives me a little bit more freedom in my art because I'm also like teaching kids and having this whole other thing that exists and um, other people are involved. So 
Okay. Yeah. All right, I just want to make sure because I know you mentioned that. At the beginning. Yeah. yeah, no, thank you so much. Yep, that's a good question. And it, le- it leads me to this. Is there anything else you wanted to talk to us about um, before we ask you our last two kind of non-art related questions? Yeah. Um, well, I just feel so inclined to just like give a huge amount of gratitude for you both for doing this. Um, oh, I you. mean, I'll tell you this after our call, but like, I feel like everybody should hear it. Like, it's really it feels really good to be interviewed. It feels really good to, um, to talk about art in like we were talking about a world where there's so many other things going on. So I just wanted to say that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) thank you. Thank you for coming on and doing this. Um, you know, I've, we were interviewed by a newspaper recently and we had a whole episode on this and I talked endlessly about this and I, I tricked the interviewer and I turned the whole thing into a podcast. It was a disaster, but <laughs> what, what I, you know, what I learned in from that, that conversation that really emerged for me is how grateful I am to all of the amazing people in this Valley, mm-hmm. like, and who will come on and just chat with us about what they're doing, you know, like, yeah. Really, all we have to do is turn on the microphones and ask like a couple of questions. So, yeah, cool. thank you, thank you cool. for doing it. Um, yeah. Um, what do you like to do, Sharona, when you're not painting or doing stuff related to your business? How do mm. you how do you get back? Are there ways you get back to yourself or reconnect yeah. or center yourself? What do you like to do? I love music. I love being outside all times of the year. Hiking. I one of the reasons I moved here, which I feel like most people I meet have in common, is it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's paths everywhere, bike paths, hiking paths. You really can't go far without being close to one. So that I I love. Um, I walk on the bike path to go to the studio now because I live in East Hampton, and um, that's just so nice. Um, just being with nature and hanging out with people. You know, yeah. like. I like to have fun. (laughs) I like to dance. I like to, you know, I don't know. I even like to go. I love to travel, love to travel. I love to see new places. I like to, um, I like to talk to people that are not artists about like their lives and, and have that in my life. Um, yeah, I'm spiritual, you know, like I'm Jewish and, so that's a part of my life, like having, um, yeah, singing Jewish mm-hmm. songs, um, and, and having community around that. And mm-hmm. do you belong yeah. to a synagogue? Um, no, no, but I am a part of a Jewish. So I, there's a text thread, uh, I think it's called like Northampton Jews or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's like, a, there's a community, you know, yeah. there's like, there's some groups going on, um, that I feel like is a community and I, yeah, that's cool. so that's sort of how I, yeah. how I connect. Yeah. Stomp, yeah. Stomping Jen grew up um, Jewish. I, I grew up Jewish. Well, you I are, am Jewish. You are Jewish. You know what I mean? <laughs> I grew up Jewish, I, but I'm no longer Jewish. No, I'm Jewish. I grew up, I, I grew up in a completely agnostic, religiously agnostic household. Um, so mm. we're, we're raising our kids. Um, our kids are Jewish. We're raising them in the faith. Um, and, you know that is one of the things I love about the um, about the um, the cultures, the singing the culture. and, and the, how people you yes. know um, have yeah. these amazing structures to support 
support each other. Like that is such an amazing thing, you know, coming from, coming from an environment where none of that existed. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, people care about each other (laughs) and like they don't, (laughs) and they take care of each other and they take care of each other. Uh I don't know. Anyways, it was, it was eye opening for me. It's even just a way to meet people, you know, like to, yeah, meet people who you're like, we have some stuff in common, Yeah, you know. Yeah. Sorry, I joke. I joke all the time. I know um, uh, about the where we live in Belchertown, the hidden juice of Belchertown. Because yes. like you'll be the talking to juice. somebody, yeah, and then they'll be like, "Oh no, I was raised Jewish." I think that's why you said it that way. Yeah, <laughs> we so we have found and connected with many of them. Yes. So it's been our the it's hidden been juice. Our, it's been our valley. mission. Um, nice. All right, Sharona. Our last question. I promise. Um, yeah. And we ask this of everybody. Um, and uh, hopefully it won't come as too much of a surprise, but um, what have you experienced that you cannot explain? That's such a good question. I didn't come prepared with an answer, so I'll just freestyle. Sure. Can I have a second? Yeah, absolutely. That? Yeah. Okay. And if you don't have an answer, that's okay too. We've had yeah. plenty of people who are just like, uh, I'm, pun- oh, I'm punting this one. So. Um, <laughs> I'm going to just be real. Since we just talked about Judaism, you walked me, I'm walking myself into this, like fucking everything, nature. I mean, I feel like there's so much that I can't explain, you know, so much. I mean, the seasons, looking at synchronicity, synchronicity in so many different ways. Um, I could be more specific, like, um, yeah, things that... God, there's so many things yeah. that I can't explain. Like just I, for me, I mean, I'm going to go into this territory. Like that's, that's how I think about God, like about that word or that concept of, I just think about it as like the great unknown. Like, do I really understand like why I can walk on water when it turns to ice? Like, and then it gets, you know, I mean, yeah, you can explain it through science, but like, it's miraculous. You know, it looks so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess that element of it is like, sure. You can explain everything through science. Science is awesome. Pro science. Yes. Et cetera. And also like, it's beautiful. And I don't know how to explain that. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know how to explain how like color makes us all feel things. I don't really know. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And let's be honest, um, if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, I can explain how ice forms. Listen, we could trace it all the way back to the Big Bang. And no <laughs> one can explain that. So there That's you go. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, like, you can explain away everything and being like, magic doesn't exist. But right. like, it's more fun to realize that you don't know everything. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I'm with you. Uh, thank you, Sharona, um, for um, answering that question. Um, and thank you for talking with us um, on, uh, on, on the show uh, today. So we, we really appreciate it. Um, so uh, listeners, listen up. Go check out Sharona's links in the show notes, mm-hmm. okay? Sharona Color Art. Check out Sharona's website. Instagram, follow Sharona on Instagram. Check it all out, okay? All the things. There's a Patreon. Start saving up for a painting. You know yeah. you want one. When you see these paintings, you're going to want one. So go check it all out. Um, <laughs> now, to our show here, 
Our show? Yeah. What do we need to tell people, Stomping Jen? Uh, Subscribe. If you're not already, and um, listen, I'm going to come find you if you're not subscribed already. Download subscribe. Download our episodes. Yep. Leave a review. Do all of that stuff. Okay. Share with a friend. Yep. You know the you know the drill. If you're interested in being a guest, let us know. Go to our website. We're booked until many many months out. So let's go easy on the booking bay of the est's gaze. Wait, that my my pig Latin just failed me spectacularly. Um, This is a good place to end, Sharona. Um, Great. Thank you, um, everybody else. We'll see you in the next episode. Oh, my goodness. Okay. uh, Awkward. Bye now. Bye. Bye now. Bye. This world of ours, ever growing smaller, must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate. Those who have freedom will understand also its heavy responsibility. That all who are insensitive to the needs of others will learn charity. And that the sources, scourges of poverty, disease, and ignorance will be made disappear from the earth. And that in the goodness of time, all peoples will come to live together in a peace guaranteed by the binding force of mutual respect and love. I shall never cease to do what little I can to help the world advance along that road. 